Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, worship team. You guys doing all right? So I gotta get situated up here. Welcome to church. So glad you're here with us at Oasis. I say it all the time, you could be anywhere else, but you're here today, and it's an honor and privilege to have you here with us. I pray today that you leave here encouraged. That's our prayer all the time, that we're a church that will encourage you, will push you closer to Jesus. That's what we believe in at this church. Amen? We don't believe there's any other way to the Father except through Jesus. And so that's what we preach here, and that's what we proclaim here. And guys, to be honest, I'm not quiet about it. (laughs) You're like, we know, we hear you every week yelling. I'll try not to yell on Mother's Day. How about that? The odds of that happening are very slim, but you speak it, you start to believe it. And so, um, I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. A lot funnier in my head. You guys are all like, what is he saying this morning? Hey, uh, we're, 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 we're coming off of a couple weeks of uh, just having some great days. We had Baptism Sunday, Pastor Andrew preached, and then Pastor Charles Moody was here last week from Chicago City Life. It was such an honor and privilege to have him. I spoke to him on the phone yesterday, and he was like, man, I, I, I genuinely, he said this, he's like, I really um, thought I had a lot more time. <laughs> He was like, I, I, I had a whole message, and I was like, you know what, Pastor, like the cool thing, and he said something, and I want to share it with our church. It's not a brag. Um, it's just I, I'm grateful. He said, you know, when I'm at your church, um, I just feel the spirit of God so thick in the place that, like, sometimes I just got to throw the message out the window and just preach what God's laid on his heart. And so I don't know about you, if you've listened to it or if you were here, but it impacted me deeply. Like, like, how are we living this faith? We understand it, we received it, but now how do you go live it? And uh, if you weren't here, check it out. So today, uh, we're going to kick off a new sermon series. Um, and so, we've gone through Easter and had a couple guests, and I was grateful. Thank you to those men that allowed me to get some rest um, and, and just to receive from, from myself and, and uh, have some time away. But I told the team, we're, we're going to go into this sermon series that I believe is super important in one sec. And uh, we, we've come off of this Easter holiday, Resurrection Sunday. Jesus has, has risen. Anybody thankful for that? Come on, every Sunday, every day is Easter. It's Resurrection Day in your life. All right, I believe that. If you're just celebrating Resurrection on Resurrection Sunday, you're missing it. All right? <laughs> okay. Um, so I was telling the team, I want to, we almost jumped into another series, and I said, hold on, I've been reading, and, and I've been discovering, I've been reading the book of John, and there's some, there's some powerful moments right after Jesus raises from the dead. And then before he ascends back into heaven, there's 40 days on earth that Jesus walks, he moves, he meets people, he goes to his disciples, and there's a lot of stuff there for us. And so I said, hey guys, I want to cover these moments these next couple weeks, and I've entitled this sermon series, The Aftermath. The Aftermath. I wanted to know what aftermath meant, and so I went to the internet and uh, found it online defined as, can't go wrong there, right? 
Wow, by myself today. The word defined online is this. The consequences or after effects of a significant, significant, and then it also said unpleasant event. Now, now my title, if you look at that and you're like, unpleasant, that doesn't fit into the what you're about to go to. It does, and we're going to get there. But it was a significant event, amen? Like, like Resurrection Sunday, when Jesus came up out of the grave, it was probably, it wasn't probably, in my opinion, it is the most significant event that has ever taken place here on this earth. Amen? Oh, I'm going to bring you along this journey with me today. It is the most significant event. That is what we as followers of Jesus Christ put our hope in. If that moment does not happen, I don't know what I believe in then. I believe that the tomb is empty. I believe that he walked out of the grave. And I believe now that he has ascended into heaven and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in Jesus' name. Anybody thankful for freedom in Jesus because of that empty tomb? I'm going to preach this morning. Okay? But there's moments, right? The aftermath, the effects, the, the, the time, because we get the whole story today. Those men and those women that were living in that time, they were living in the moment. So we read the Bible and we're like, man, how dare they? Those people are crazy. How could they be like that? The reality is, is we're the same way. And so I want to walk us through these next couple of weeks about some specific stories in the book of John that I really hope encourage us because, you know, even as Jesus raised to life, he walked out of the tomb. How many of you believe this? I don't want this to just be a Christian saying. How many of you know that there is always more with Jesus Christ? Hands, if you believe that. There is always, and if you didn't, that's fine. Before you leave here, I pray that you experience that. There is always more with Jesus Christ. He is never done working. He is never done moving. He is never done speaking. He is never done healing. He is never done delivering. He is never done with Jesus Christ. There is always more. We saw the empty tomb and people thought, man, that's it. Nope, there is more with Jesus. There's more teaching. There's more instructing. There's more wisdom. Amen? With Jesus, there's always more. And so... Today, I want to jump into John chapter 20, verse 19 through 23 in a moment. And I titled this message, The Aftermath, Not Locked Out. Not Locked Out. Scripture's going to be up on the big screen, the big Bible, but do you have your Bibles? I'm doing a poll for a friend. Do you have your Bibles? Let me see. Come on. There we go. Getting better, getting better. Take notes. You also get to heaven that way. Facts. But seriously, take notes, because this message might not be for you today, but a month from now, and you're going through something like this, it will be for you. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, what happened? What was said? That's why you take notes, okay? Not to really get into heaven. You don't really, it's. John 20, here we go. <laughs> On the evening of that first day of the week, so the same day that Jesus raised to life, when the disciples were together with the doors locked, Catch that. Every piece of scripture is intentional. You with me? So the doors are locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. (laughs) Jesus just walks right in and says, peace be with you. I love Jesus. He's crazy. He's awesome. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, the same hands that had nails holding him to a cross, had now nothing in them except holes to be reminded. And a side where he was cut 
and blood poured out for you and me. That's what he's showing them. It's powerful. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus, these are your words. I pray today that you speak even clearer than I can. I pray that you speak through me, Holy Spirit, that my words are not mine, but they're yours. And that you just encourage us, that you help us, that you transform us in this place. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, everybody says, come on, do you love Jesus here? The aftermath, not locked out. It's a very crazy story if you read that with me and, and you see kind of what's happening and understand what's going on. That, that door is locked. They, are, they have locked themselves in. And, and in a sense, Jesus is locked out. Have you ever been locked out of something? Over the past two years, to be honest, I've become very good at breaking into cars. Oh, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. In all reality, I've had a couple buddies lock their keys in the car. One of them was here at a church service. The other one was, was, at, was at a gas station. I've become a pro. If you need help, just call. The other, the other week, though, actually, you know, uh, we were at home. We just had Titus, and uh, we were sitting there with our cousins, and, and, and our cousins ordered some food, and then and, and we ordered food also and was waiting for our food, but their food came first. I'm going to talk really fast. Their food came first, and they started eating, and then our doorbell rang again, and it was our food, and I go down the stairs to get our food, and I grab our food. I sign the thing, and, and then there's a guy standing in the street, and it's cold, and he's like, hey, 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 and I'm like, who is this? Are you yelling at me? And he's like, yo, yo. I locked my keys in the car. Okay? <laughs> like, what do you, <laughs> you know that flesh came up, like, my food's here. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. Like, I'm gonna, he's like, hey, can you help me? Like, like, my keys are in the car. My car is running. Oh, snap. Okay, hold on, man. And I ran up, and I, I grabbed him a jacket, and, and we come out, and he was my cousin's Uber Eat driver. <laughs> and um, I was like, Nate, you're coming with me. <laughs> like, this is your guy. Like, it's on you. And so we go out, and this guy's like, like, man, my car's running, and, and I, I don't know what to do, and I've been trying to open up the doors, and I said, well, you got the right guy. <laughs> I've done this before a couple times. I said, I said, hold on a second, I'm going to run up, and I'm going to get a wire hanger, and I come back down, and another guy pulled over the road with, like, what, what seemed to be, like, a, a chisel almost, and he's prying the door open. I'm like, oh, dear Lord, we're going to break this door, and, and he's, like, helping us, and we're there, and we're finagling it, and I'm shoving this hanger in there, and we get it out. We're trying to get the right angle, trying to get it out. We're breaking into this car. People are driving by just doing one of these. Like, like I was like, dear God, please, no cops pull over right now. Like, don't come past this right now. I'm breaking in, I'm moving the things around, and, and finally, finally, <laughs> three for three, baby. Get that thing right where the window's at, and the window just goes, and you just see this overwhelming sense on this guy, like, Whoo! I was like, man, you're glad you have a half a tank of gas in there, aren't you? He's like, yeah, man, I just filled up. I was like, thank you, Lord. We were out there for 20 minutes trying to break this car door open trying to get into the place that was locked out. This guy could not move forward in life because he was locked out of his car. The door was locked. And the only way for us to get in there was to pry the door, to move the door. And reality was his door was damaged. Like I was like, he tried to give us money, and I was like, no, bro, take that money and fix your door. Like, like we just scratched your door, we just damaged your door. Like it's, it's, not, a, it's not in best condition right now. He's like, it doesn't matter. You got in. You got in. I'm not locked out anymore. 
I think about that moment. I think about all the other times we've been locked out. And I, and I think about Jesus as he's risen from the dead and he's now out and he's moving and he's meeting people, intentionally meeting people along the way. And he comes to the place where his disciples are. The guys, the people that were his dudes, his homies, his men, the guys that were with him for the entire time he was on earth. And he shows up to the place and he's locked out. Like the door is locked. Like, like, like John is writing this, the disciple that's there, he, he's intentional about saying the door was locked. Like, like there was fear among the men. There was fear among the people. And Jesus is there. And Jesus does what only Jesus can do. They are room, they're in a room that's surrounded by fear. Surrounded by, oh no, what are we going to do now? Surrounded by like, yo, how are we going to make this? What are we going to do? We're, we're trapped. Like, we are caught. And Jesus is standing there going, hey, you locked me out. Hey, can I come in? Hey, can I, can I, can I be welcomed in here? Like, I, I read this story and many of us today, right, why am I preaching this message? Many of us today in this room, no matter how many times I've preached this message or told you about Jesus, no matter how many times you've read the word, no matter times you've seen God be faithful in your life, you have still locked Jesus out of some places in your life. You've locked him out. Oh, this is going to be a quiet message. It's all right. We need this today. You've locked him out. And you think that the walls that you put, I'm just going to preach. You think the walls that you've put up in place are going to hold him, are going to keep him. And Jesus does what only Jesus can do. And he walks right through that wall. He walks right through that door to his disciples, to the people now that has, he has to start speaking to and start moving and start saying, hey, I'm here now. You think your walls can hold me? You think you can keep me out? Enough's enough. I'm coming all the way for you. Yo, some of you in this room, you have so many walls built up. Well, well, well it, I, don't, I don't know if I believe this. Wall. Well, how do you know Jesus is real? Wall. Well, well, the church failed me as a little kid. Wall. Am I, am I getting somewhere today? Well, like, you all, we all have put up walls, and Jesus is standing there going, yo, you can keep putting walls up, but I'm going to walk right through them. I'm coming for you. I love you so much that I not only died for you, but I'm coming for you. He is not going to be locked out of our lives. He's a pursuer of us. He is running after us. He is so in love with us that he is going to say, you know what? I cannot be locked out. So a couple things that I see here that I, I just want to share the story. Is that all right? You guys are quiet this morning. The first is this that I see. And this is the reality for all of us if we're being honest. Fear comes when faith leaves. So what's going on in this story? Well, well, Jesus just raised to life. He just met Mary, right? The Mary, Mary, we, you, you were here on Easter Sunday. They ran to the tomb, and they showed up to go embalm him and take care of him, and he appears to them, and he says, hey, I'm, I'm here. Like, what's up? I, I, I did what I was going to, to do. I, I, I've been telling y'all, right? You ever have that friend that keeps telling you what's going to happen, and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to listen to you, and then it happens, and they're like, I told you so. Thank you. Jesus is like, yo, yo, hey, I'm here now. Go back to my disciples. So he, he tells Mary, he says, hey, go back to the house where the disciples are at and tell them that I'm coming for them. 
tell them that I'm showing up. So Mary, it says in Scripture that, 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 that she, she runs back to the men. And the men are in this house. And the men are gripped by fear. See, just uh, if you read Scripture throughout the, the time, these men were experiencing so many things that were supernatural, so many things of, of like feeding the 5,000, healing people, delivering people. Like, like there should have been a level of faith in them. You with me? Like faith in them that should have said, you know what? Jesus said what he was going to do. He's going to do it because we've seen him be faithful every single time. So there's moments in your life where, where you have faith. Faith starts out. You're really faith-filled. You're like, I can do this. I got this. Jesus is with me. And then, bam, <laughs> trial. Parents in the house. Yo, like I was like ready to be a parent. <laughs> like I'm ready. Bring it. And then it came. Fear, <laughs> like screaming baby in the middle of the night. And I'm like, talk to me, kid. Just tell me what you need. He's looking at me like, you're a moron. I can't talk. I'm like, I know, but I don't know what to do. Like, I was so faith ready. I was so excited. I was ready. I was equipped. I thought we were, we read the books. <laughs> we talked to people. We were faith filled. And then all of a sudden, bam, freak out. And you're like, oh my goodness. Like, Eric, what do we do? Fear. Faith. Moment of trial, moment of panic, moment of, oh no, fear. Fear comes in your life when faith goes out the door. So Mary goes to the disciples and she tells them, hey, 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 he's coming to talk to you. Because that's what he told them a few, chapters, a few verses earlier. And the disciples do what? Lock the door. Wait, but Mary told them. Fear was screaming louder than faith. Can I say this? You need to be careful with who you have around you in chaotic and tough situations. That's not in my notes. You really need to be careful with who you allow to speak into your life when chaotic and craziness and, t and fear and, and trials and tribulations come in your life. You either need to make, you need to make sure that you're not calling the girlfriend that's just going to be like, you know, just, it's, it's fine, just stay in your house, don't do anything. Like, no, you need to find the friend that's going to call you and say, get up. Stand up. Get outside, start walking, don't stay in depression, don't stay in anxiety, don't stay in fear, get up and start moving. You need to be careful with the people that you surround yourself with. Hello? Yo, I'm preaching a message today that's not even in my notes because some of you have surrounded yourself with people and they're speaking more fear into your life than they're speaking faith into your life. Yo, I'm grateful to God that I got men and women in my life that are going to say to me, when I want to say to them, hey, we're shutting this thing down. I can't tell you how many times I've called my buddies or my elders and said, I'm shutting it down. I'm unequipped. I, I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. And those buddies will say to me, yeah, just shut it down. No. Some of them have shown up to my house. Some of them have gotten on FaceTime and said, yo, you better get your act right. You better start getting it together because Jesus has equipped you. You're allowing fear to speak louder than faith. You need to start proclaiming scriptures over your life. You need to start proclaiming God's word over your life. Fear has no place when we are found by Jesus Christ. <laughs> fear took over these men. These guys shut the door and they locked Jesus out even though they knew Jesus was coming for them. They locked the door. We do it too. We do it too. Yo, fear comes when we stop trusting the words of faith spoken over us. Fear comes in our lives when we stop trusting the words of faith that Jesus Christ speaks over our lives. When Satan tries to steal your peace, can I, say, can I just teach you for a moment? 
Because Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. You know what he wants to steal, kill, and destroy? He wants to take your peace. He wants to take the faith inside of you. If he can rip that out of you, he's winning. So you know what he wants to take out of you? The words that you have not sown from the scripture in your life. Okay, I need to articulate this the right way because this is coming like a thousand miles an hour in my head. You're like, we know, we hear you. (laughs) Some of you in this room are facing the same battles, the same struggles, the same fears because you haven't sown the word. You haven't sown the word over those struggles. I got identity issues. What does the word say about you? Well, I need to talk to somebody. Yeah, go to the word first. And then go talk to somebody. We are open. We are a church that is all about, hey, listen, there's a lot of people in this room that know that they have come to us and talked to us about their issues, about what's going on in their life. And we don't go blasted about the people. We care for them. We love them. We support them. But the first thing I say to them is, have you sown the word in your life? Because if you have not sown the word in your life, you cannot come to me because any words I say are just encouragement. Hello, church. We got a bunch of Christians that are running around going up to the pastor like, feed me. Give me a word. I need a word from the pastor. No, you don't. You have a word from the greatest shepherd. (laughs) The aftermath. (laughs) Like the greatest words for your life, for your identity, for your lack of self-value, for your lack of calling, for your lack of purpose, for your desire of saying, you know what, I'm choosing to go after wealth more than I'm choosing after go to the calling in my life. Yo, if you allow Satan to steal your peace, he's going to win. And the way he steals your peace is when you don't know the word of God. Guys, you don't need to be theologians. You know what's awesome about today? In this century we live in, we have the internet. It's true. It's awesome. If you haven't been on it, check it out. It's great. It's a great invention. We have the internet. You know what you can do in the internet? Why am I saying internet? We have Google. You can go on Google and you can type in scriptures to combat Self, scriptures to combat identity issues. And guess what pops up? Scriptures to combat identity issues. Like, we've made it easy for Christians. <laughs> like, 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 I don't got to go through here and, and try to figure, it's there for us. It's right in our fingertips. And we, can, we choose to say, you know what, I'd rather go walk in fear and do it on my own instead of walk in faith and walk in the abundant life and walk in the calling and the purpose that Jesus has for me because he died and he rose again. So I don't have to walk by fear. I can be faith-filled. Is this helping anybody this morning? I'm just yelling. I said it a bunch. I'll say it again to you. The greatest thing in my life that I ever did was create a Rolodex. A bunch of cards. You know what the cards were? Things that needed to be changed in my life. Pride, ambition, lust, desires of the flesh. You know what I did? One Pastor Morris told me to do this. I just started writing scriptures on these cards. And every day I'd be in my office, I'd be in my car, I'd be in my, my apartment. I'd just be rolling through these things. Why? Because I had to sow the word in my life where there was fear so that faith could arise in my life. You guys get this. These men were gripped by fear, and what they had was the living word walking towards them. They had the word walking towards them. The word made flesh, Jesus Christ. So fear, man, whoo, fear's real. But it comes alive when faith leaves. And this is exactly what happened. But you know what I, I love about Jesus? The longer I've served him, I've realized this more. <laughs> this will help. Jesus walks through our fears. Jesus walks through our fears. Hey, amen. Like, he walks through our fears to get to you and me. How many of you know as people, we're not intended to walk through doors or walk through walls? 
<laughs> Some of you are like, I am. I do it all the time. Okay, well, seek counseling. Come talk to me afterwards. We'll figure it out why you're walking through walls. Like I, one time I was leaving my parents' house. I was going to work. I was going to practice, and I was super late for, for practice in high school, and I, I ran. I put my bag in the car, and my car was in the driveway running, and I, I go back. And have you ever thought the door was open, like it was unlocked? Just me. Wow. Pray for me today. And, and the door in my parents' basement, uh, like entranceway, I thought was unlocked. And so I go and I, I'm running down the stairs and I go to turn it and I just, you know, like, yeah, I was on the ground. <laughs> like, down for the count. Like, like, we're not meant to go through these things like that. Like, we, we cannot humanly possibly, like, go through a wall without breaking it down, without debris happening. What did JP do to get in the house? I broke the door down. True story. Call my dad. Yeah. I broke the door down. I'm on my way to practice. Like, dad, broke your door. Going to practice. Love ya. He's like, what? <laughs> I had to break the door down. I needed to get my phone. So important as a 17-year-old. I broke it down. I was not intended to walk through it. The cool thing about Jesus, though, is, is he's just going to walk through the stuff that you have in your life. Because, see, when you break a door down, I always say this. When you kick a door down, what happens? There's debris. There's chaos. There's a lot of junk. It's a big mess, right? When you start kicking doors down in your life, you're creating more messes. Instead of just saying, you know what, Jesus, you don't have to break down it. You just got to walk right through them, right straight to my heart. Jesus, it says that when the men were filled with fear, Jesus just shows up. It doesn't say that he unlocked the doors. It doesn't say any of that. It just says he appeared. So, so many theologians, right, go back and forth on this. I've got all the time in the world. Just, just listen. If we can understand this, if we can believe that Jesus Christ rolled away a stone and walked out of a grave, why is it hard for us to believe that he walked through a wall? You, you with me? Like, 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 Jesus can do anything he wants. Right? So I believe he walked through it to show them, hey, you've locked me out, but guess what? I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I'm walking right through these walls. I am coming for you the best thing about Jesus. The doors were shut and locked so they wouldn't get hurt. These men locked the doors and they shut the doors so they wouldn't get hurt. What places in your heart have you locked Jesus out? Because you're afraid of getting hurt. Those doors shut and locked, do- the, the, those shut and locked doors also shut out Jesus. Thankfully though, I wrote this, Jesus was greater than the shut and locked doors and made his way in despite of them. Hmm. <laughs> But still, at the end of the day, it's always better to open up the door for him, right? It's always better. But I, I've come to know this way about Jesus. Maybe this will bring it home for you. The longer I've served him, the longer I, I know the calling for my life, and I'm going to get there in a second. Jesus is so in love with me that he's going to run through my junk to get me to where he needs me to go. If you just start following Jesus, you'll realize this the more you serve him. That he's going to keep running through your stuff to get you to where he needs you to go. Right? Like, like that's who he is. He's not going to let fear keep you, keep you down. He's not going to let shame keep you down. He's not going to let guilt keep you down. He's going to keep running after it. He's going to keep knocking it down. He's going to keep knocking it down. The thing about it, though, is this, is are we rebuilding those walls up? Are we going back to that relationship that's messed up and broken? Are we going back to that thing that God told us to leave dead? Are we going back to this? Are we going back to that? Or are we just saying, you know what, you've already knocked it down. You've already walked through it one time. I'm free now. I'm free. I'm just going to keep going. Is this helping you today? Like Jesus will walk through our fears for us. He will walk through the fears. Let me say this and we're done. And last point, we'll be done. Ben can come on up. 
I say this in love, but I'm going to say this because I need to. The most acceptable sin in the church today. He's talking about sin. Knew it. Yeah, you want to know what it is, in my opinion? Fear. Fear's a sin. It's the most acceptable sin in the church. Jesus, in these words, does not write words of like, hey, I just suggest this to you. Right? He writes words like, hey, be anxious about nothing. What is that? What is that? Anybody? Anybody that wants to take a, it's a command. Be anxious about nothing. Do not worry about anything. What is he doing? Commanding you. Are you with me this morning? I know we, I know we don't like this, but this is, uh, do, do, do not be afraid, for I have overcome this world. Like, what is that? Another prompt? No, it's a command. Like, Jesus Christ has commanded us as people that follow him that says, hey, fear has no place in your life. Be anxious about nothing. Live by it. Do not worry. Live by it. Peace, I give you a promise. Yes, these are commands. And when you start to allow fear to grip your life, you're dismissing the power of Jesus Christ in your life. This is not a really good encouraging word this morning. I'm telling you, though, when you get that, you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. Satan cannot hold you down. When you start to say, yo, he's promised me, he's told me, he's commanded me, be anxious about nothing but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Amen. See how that works? It's a command wrapped in a promise. Okay. Final thing. I love this about Jesus. I, I really hope this helps. You know what I love about Jesus? He walks through these walls. He walks through our fears. And he doesn't start reprimanding these dudes. If I'm Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I'm walking through those walls, and I'm not saying, peace be with you. Nope, 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 nope. I'm going to say, Peter, told you so. Told you. Yo, homie, I love you, Jesus. Yeah, you denied me three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, how did you all let Judas sell me? This is what I'm saying. Yo, judge me. Like, let's be real here for a moment. We're not walking in like, peace be with you. That's why Jesus is Jesus and I am not, right? I'm yo, like, yo, hey, where were you when I was getting crucified on that tree? Like, like, none of you were around. Hey, hey, why did you offer to carry the cross that I was carrying? Like, why do we have to grab some random dude from the crowd? Like, you were my homies. You were my boys. Like, like, like Jesus walks into this room, and as only Jesus can because he's filled with grace, he's filled with kindness, he's filled with love, he walks in and he says, peace. Peace, yo. Peace. Peace. Hey, hey, peace be with you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset with you. Because Jesus had some grievances he could have aired out. Anybody thankful that Jesus doesn't walk in and start saying, yo, I got some grievances with you. I got some things to pick with you. No, he walks in and says, hey, peace. Because when you receive the peace of Christ, oh, man, it's the best thing in the world. So when you receive the peace, the third thing is this. Peace builds character and calling. When you receive the character, or the peace of Jesus Christ, it builds your, your, your character and your calling. See, twice, twice Jesus says, peace, peace be with you. Twice. Why? I'm going to tell you. The first time, because these men were afraid. They were afraid of what the Jewish leaders were going to do to them. They were probably afraid that, you know what, hey, Judas probably told on us, too. You, you with me? Like, like that, in my mind, I'm thinking, if I'm a disciple, like, yeah, Judas, that same guy that just sold Jesus off, probably sold us off, too. We're next. Right? Are you with me this morning? Like, fear. Like, like, whoa, snap. Yo, now the tomb's rolled away? Now they're going to come after us and blame us for this. Fear. And Jesus walks in and he says, peace. Why? Because he was building their character more. 
Yo, can I, okay, I, I need to say this. I'm almost done. <laughs> I've said it like six times. You will only be known for the character here on this earth. The only thing you'll be remembered by is your character. That's it. That's it. So I want what I want, the character of Jesus Christ in my life. So when he walks into a room where fear is gripping me, fear is overwhelming me, and he says, peace, I want to receive that peace so that my character is strong in Jesus' name. I don't have to be a slave to fear. I no longer have to be a slave to the things that I used to be a slave. I can walk in peace and victory in Jesus Christ. So he says, peace to you guys. Yo, come on, peace, receive it. And so they receive it, and then he says it again to them. Why? Because he could have said to them, peace, all right, you're good, because Jesus is concerned about your calling. If you don't think that, let me tell you, he is super concerned, super excited, super moved by getting you into your calling. Oh, man, this is a good word. Sometimes it's going to hit, sometimes it's not. But he says, peace first. He says it again. Why? Because he then follows up and says, hey, yo, peace, because I'm about to send you. <laughs> what? What? No, no, we're not. Can we just hang with you? He goes, no, I don't got time for that. There's people out there outside of this room that need to know the message that I've just given you. So guess what? Peace. Okay, your fears are gone. Cool. Now, peace. Now I'm going to equip you to go do your calling. Is this helping you this morning? Like, peace now. Now go walk in your calling. Go walk in your purpose. Go proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. That's why it says, hey, if they repent, they're forgiven. If they don't, they're not. Just go proclaim the message to them. Peace, though. Peace. He's not going to keep being locked out if you just say, I'm opening up the door. Let him in. And what do you get? Peace. Peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that builds your calling. Peace that builds your character. Fear goes. Fear goes. And faith can come in and move. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Some of you in this room, you've been putting up the walls, you've locked the doors. And I wonder today if you just say, you know what, Jesus, come through. Come through. With your kindness, come through. With your peace, come through. With your grace, come through. This is a moment between you and God right now. So, Heavenly Father, today, we thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. That when we walk with you, we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to worry. We can be anxious about nothing. But we can lean into you. We can press into you. Thank you, Father, for your example of showing up to your disciples even when fear gripped them. And you didn't, you didn't just stay outside the door. You walked right to them. And, Father, here in this place, I know you're walking straight to people's hearts. I thank you, Father, that you're walking straight to their lives, that you're, you're showing them your goodness, you're showing them your faithfulness, you're showing them your love. So, Jesus, keep pursuing your children. I pray, God, for peace, for, for calling and for, for character, God. I pray that people will enter in to the calling and the commission that you have for them, God. I pray if people don't know their calling, God, that they'll get along with you, that, that they'll listen for you, that they'll hear from you, God, that they will receive the calling from heaven. God, I pray for character to be strong, that we can be believers, followers of Jesus Christ, that, that don't, just don't get shaken by things, God. When the storms rage, when the trials come, God, we can stand firm. Knowing you've overcome it all. Knowing that you've done it all for us. 
So Jesus, in this place, I proclaim once again fear to be gone, for anxiety to be gone, for depression to be gone. God, for, for, for the lies of the enemy over minds to be gone. God, I plead your blood over people in this place here now. I thank you, Jesus, that we are no longer slaves to the sin of this world. We are no longer slaves to fear, but we are children of the Most High. We are children of the King of Kings and of the Lord of Lords. And so, Jesus, today, we thank you. We bless you. We ask you, God, today that you move in our lives, that you continue to speak to us, continue to heal us, continue to restore us back to your heart. We worship you. We proclaim you in this place today in Jesus' name. And everybody says... And everybody says, hey, come on, church. Can we just worship him this morning as we go out this place? Can we just lift up a shout of praise?